I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business. I'm Arch Madness, and welcome to Vinyl Analysis. That's right, people. A crossover podcast. I don't know if this has ever been done, Dino. I don't know if it's ever been done, but I'm glad it's being done. Because, you know, man, I love firsts. I love firsts. I remember first kiss, first love, right? Right. Oh, trying to. (laughs) First drink. Remember your first real drink? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, Yeah. thank you, Don Salon. (laughs) We all got in trouble that night. First drink, Mm -hmm. first car. Firsts are good, man, and this is a first. This is... Whiskey Business, for those of you who know Whiskey Business, and uh, since we have a vinyl analysis audience, Whiskey Business is a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And for you Whiskey Business fans... Yes, uh, for my Whiskey Business brothers and sisters, vinyl analysis is a look back at records from our past. And I just embrace the form the way that we used to love and listen to our music and, on vinyl. Yeah. And, and I drink a lot during and, the program. And 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 we drink <laughs> a lot. We we always have a guest bottle on Whiskey Business. And I will tell you that this one was selected uh, especially tonight because Arch wanted a bottle of tin cup. And I said, you know what? We haven't had it yet, and I'm bringing it in. So tin cup is a... Is a, is a is a blend actually of, of whiskey, uh, uh, American whiskey and rye whiskey. It's a combination of the two, so it's a it's a little bit of a blend. And there's been a lot of these whiskeys coming from out west, high west, and partner, and, and yeah, and Tin Cup's one of them. And I've resisted it, and the same reason I've resisted it is the same reason you wanted to drink it because you 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 fell into the kitschy marketing, right? I did, I did. So if you blinked. You missed the Blue Jackets playoff run. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. And and, and during that playoff run, it was more of a playoff walk. It's kind of a a stroll, stroll, if you will. A playoff stroll. (laughs) So my buddies and I, and and Dino, if if you can imagine out in Licking County, Ohio, out in the Pataskala area, uh, it's a it's a it's a neighborhood where. Uh, there's you know there's a few houses but we all kind of stick together and we do not bar hop do you know we garage hop we have our garages pumped out with with the TVs and the refrigerators and the tunes and that's how that's how we experience a lot of sporting events and and different things that we just get together and we build a fire usually uh, and, and take care of business right now during this playoff walk that the jackets were on on the 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 TV station Fox Sports Ohio the one we get it had this commercial, and it's these guys, these rugged mountain men, manly know? men, and they're up on this. They're on this. They're on well. They're on this mountain, and they've got a fire. How the hell do you get a fire <laughs> on a mountain, Dino, without like upsetting? So you got to be breaking a right, couple rules, right? right? So they're on this this mountain. They've got a fire, and they're drinking that right there, tin cup. Mm-hmm. My buddies, I'm, let me tell you something. I did not tell my friends. That I was going to be doing this with tin cup. Oh, you did They would not? lose. Well, yeah, they kind of wanted me to lose my tin cup cherry oh, uh, to, with I'm all sorry. of us together. I mean, it's 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 adorable. It even comes with its with own a, little shot glass. It's a, it's a tin cup. Uh, it's I mean, it's nice kinda, little it's tin funny cup. They, yeah, they, did that. they climb that mountain to the top, and you know what? We just we just got to the top of a mountain, risked our lives. Let's get drunk. Let's do it because we don't have to go back down. <laughs> Frank, can you still are you still good with building a fire? <laughs> yes, I am. Let me rappel down onto this ledge and uh, we'll, we'll we'll start one. Are you a, are you a whiskey drinker by no, by not, by not trade? Really? Not really. You're more of a beer guy. I'm a beer guy. Yeah. You know, and I've and over the last few years, I've kind of uh, morphed into a uh, kind of a the IPA snobbery, if you will. I love it. I love I love a good IPA. I, and I don't know that much about the IPAs in the beer, but I've been I've been called a whiskey snob, and I'm okay with that too. You right, know what? Right. You, we both love what we love. But I will, if you have a Bush Light, I will drink. You it. will drink a Bush Light. I will drink a Bush Light. Not oh, even think twice about it. Well, I got some PBR in the fridge. If you decide I, you want to go, every man has a line. You want to go the beer route so, at some point. But Tin Cup is the whiskey, and it's not a bad whiskey. In fact, it's probably a, a, for those who are just getting into whiskey, it might be an actually good bottle to to kind of ease into the right. to the whiskey with it's uh it's got a little bit of a burn in the beginning but it but it it fades kind of quickly 
and uh, it, it doesn't have a, a bad taste to it. I, I like the combinations of of, uh, of certain whiskeys, and it's not bad at all. But we'll talk more you know, about it later as the podcast goes on. Long-time listener, first-time uh, caller here. Here's my, here's my thing. On your podcast, Whiskey Business, uh-huh. uh, to kind of let my folks in on this, the running joke on my show is we have an album that we, we spotlight. Yeah. And it ends up being, I joke around, but it's true, it ends up being 10% of the conversation. Right. What does what does the whiskey of that week or that podcast, how does that, what, what are the percentages of what you talk about? I think, we're, I think we've already done it. Okay. <laughs> about, about 3 to 5%, okay. unless one of these companies actually steps up and becomes a sponsor, and it gets mentioned a lot more throughout the podcast, then... Yeah, but it's it's I like I like the educational like on vinyl analysis. You kind of educate people about that particular disc that you're talking about. Right, you right. get into a little bit. Oh yeah, we do the same thing with the whiskey. We tell we tell you a little bit about it. It's reasonably priced between twenty nine and thirty two dollars a bottle. So anytime I find a bottle of of, uh, of whiskey under oh, fifty wow. bucks, you know that's. That's good because everybody thinks, oh, in order for it to be really good bourbon or good whiskey, it's got to cost a fortune. No, it doesn't. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. So, yeah, we try to educate people on the on the whiskey that we're drinking. And if they want to try it, they try it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of good. I would but also, it, yeah. I would also like to let the people know exactly where we're at. And, Dino, if you could, I, it's been a while since I've had a right-handed cigarette. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Could, uh, oh, by all can, means. Yeah, if I could have um, one of these. Have a right-handed cigarette. Yeah, right on. Can I? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can I? I gotta show. Are you? Uh, now look, I'm gonna be one of those guys. You like, can have my Zippo. Throwing the party. Oh, we should out. tell you that uh, this is the second whiskey business uh, podcast from my house. But so it's an honor to have uh, the crossover podcast with Vinyl Analysis here at uh, Casa Tripod. Man, it's a, it's a pleasure. We're in the, We're actually in my uh, my poker room this time. Last time we were upstairs in in the upstairs bar. Now we're in the downstairs room. And, and let me just tell the good folks that listen to Vinyl Analysis. So to enter here, you get past the guard, and then your car goes down 30 feet. It goes down 30 feet, and in your it's it's like this Area 51 situation, right? I think we can talk about Area 51 now. So it's okay to talk about this, Dino. It's all right, yeah. But it's, it's what a great setup you've got, Dino. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely jealous. I can't wait to tell the buddies back home. And I can't wait to talk about whiskey, music, and just anything else because you're one of my favorite guys, Dino, uh, as a stand-up comedian, as a radio personality, and I, Dude, I'm really pumped for this. The, really pumped for the this. The admiration is mutual. It goes right back to you. I've been a fan of what you've done over the years. Uh, when if it comes to sports, there's nobody better, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not only in this market, but just in general, you know your stuff. Thanks, bro. And the fact that uh, that you started doing vinyl analysis. I mean, I was I would always come in on the tail end of vinyl analysis, vinyl analysis, and, and just hear what a great time you're having. And I said to Hansberry, our producer, because he's a mutual producer for yes, both of our podcasts. We share, we share, we share him. We pass we him. Sh- we we share pass him. him around. I was like, man, we got to do a crossover podcast with Arch. We we, we got to yeah. figure out how to do it, and it really didn't take that much to figure out how to do it. What we had to decide was uh, where, when, and what disc we were going to discuss because you asked me because i figured i I noticed it's always a uh an album or an artist that had some sort of influence on you and i know you do a lot of a lot of heavy metal a lot lot of a lot of hard rock that's all right but you know and i love a lot of heavy metal and a lot of hard rock but i started to think about you know an album that i listened the the shit out of like when in college and Billy Joel's The Stranger popped up. It was one of the first things that popped in my head. No because problems. Of, because of so many uh, songs and and so much uh, so much sentiment that was in that particular album. That was the one that kind of he really broke big with The Stranger. I mean, that's when everybody started to know Billy Joel for real. I mean, that's when he became popular, you know, uh, huge. His other albums, Piano Man's, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Street Life Serenade, those are all earlier efforts, but that's the one that really put him on the map. Dino, The Stranger, this was released in 1977. And and here's, here's let me explain how I branch out into other music without sounding like a, a complete moron, you know, being an 80s metalhead. Uh, I had older sisters. Uh-huh. I was a I wasn't a whoops. My mom said I was just a surprise. Okay, I was just okay. a surprise. Uh, so I had older sisters. So a lot of the '70s music, uh, the meat of my era is the '80s. Uh, but this stuff, uh, the Billy Joel's. I mean, we've talked about the ELOs and the, the McCartneys and the Elton Johns and the you know all, all that stuff was. It's it's such a big influence on me and and the artists that I love. Hey, this, a lot of the bands that I dug in the '80s. 
listen to this as well because there wasn't an option. There wasn't a hard rock option. Now you're talking about a kid, me, back in the early 80s who would sit and listen to the top 40 countdown on Sundays and I would write down the songs as they were announced. Really? Now I was hoping, you know, I was very depressed because, you know, here's Dawkins alone again at number 39. You know what I mean? <laughs> the shit I was listening to was going to be at the ass end of the countdown, uh-huh. but I would sit and I would write down, I was just obsessed, so I learned a lot of the music. Now some of the 70s Billy Joel I got later on in life. Right. I was more of an 80s guy. I also brought uh, Billy Joel, the Nylon Curtain, to kind of mesh so we could meet in the middle with, with Billy Joel and what he's meant to us. Uh-huh. So The well, Stranger I, is... It, this. I love both those albums. I do, too. I, I do love too. both those albums. I do, too. Because they both have uh, songs on them that uh, have significance... Uh, or, or actually, I, I guess. Well, let me ask you that. You know, are, what what is it about a song that 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 cuts, that that gets deep into your bone? You know, that makes you feel something. What is it? Is it is it the lyric? Is it the is it the is it the, the hook? The, the hook, hook grabs you first. The hook grabs the you hook first. The hook grabs you first. Okay. Is that is that similar to where you're at with a song? Well, with Billy Joel, I mean, they're all they had great hooks, but he's a storyteller. He's a storyteller, exactly. I mean, they're, they're you know, it's it's interesting how like I look at some of today's music, and if you asked me to recite some of the lyrics back, I, I I'd be lost. I I couldn't tell you the lyrics to a, a Katy Perry song if if my life depended on it. <laughs> right. Right. But you know, you ask me to. Uh, to start quoting, you know, singing singing lines from The Stranger or yeah. Vienna or uh, uh, moving out, moving out. I'm moving out. Yeah, Anthony works at a grocery store. You know, he's all of a sudden, oh, yes. are, that's like it's, it's, it's like I'm, it's like I'm yeah. gonna play. You know, yeah. line. I know the line. You know, I can recite those lyrics crazy. So what what do you think that's about? I, I th- well, you know what, and I guess in accordance with what you're saying, I think that's why Billy Joel and Elton John have such a a great relationship. Because the stories are so important for both of them. Yeah, you've got Elton John who would go off into different directions. Even even a uh, like a U.S. like a, a Western type vibe that he would try, like on a Tumbleweed Connection, uh-huh. which we've done before. But Billy Joel painted this picture of New York, right? And, and just I mean, there was so, you knew you were there, and you could smell the food that was being cooked. You could you could hear the plates and stuff. You could hear the glasses. I mean, my God, you just look at some of the songs on this record that you've picked out, Dino. Uh, Moving Out, Anthony's song, what a story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a book, and I think it's just, it's important for guys like this. And I'll say this, I'm an Elton John guy. Okay, okay? I like Elton John. I'm an Elton John guy. I like old Elton John. I like 70s Elton John. This, but I think something that needs to be uh, discussed when it comes to Billy Joel, he did his own storytelling. He didn't have a Bernie Toppin. No. You, you know what I mean? So I, I guess. You. I understand where the Billy Joel fans are, are coming from as far as the storytelling goes. And it's no accident that those two decided, you know what, we should uh, go on tour together and mm-hmm. do the Piano Man tour. I mean, that was how huge was that? Oh, my you God, know, yeah. Right? It's, it's, I've, see, I've, seen, I've seen them before. I've seen them, I mean, both. I've seen them yeah, twice, yeah. yeah. And like, okay, that's just, I'm done. That's great. That was, a, you know, that was a, I'm glad I got to see that. Uh, scenes from, Itali- from an Italian restaurant on the Stranger LP talk about storytelling. That's one uh, of the greatest. The, that's one of the greatest stories ever. I mean, fact, that's that's amazing. A friend of mine said, instead of bourbon, you guys should do a bottle of white and a bottle, bottle of red. red. <laughs> that does kind of make sense. But I said, no. no it's whiskey business. <laughs> it's, it's whiskey business. It, yeah. Wine business is a whole different podcast <laughs> yeah. with a whole different yeah. feel. <laughs> How far Something did you will- go? How far did you go with Billy Joel? I mean, did you take the ride? I mean, I cut it off with a doo-wop. Just like I can't, what's I can't think of the movie. But are you gonna play? You know, uh, it's the uh, the the Will Ferrell and uh, the Step Brothers movie where they had the uh, the Catalina wine mixer and uh-huh. they've got the Billy Joel cover band, but they only do. Are you the, talking the about Innocent Man? This one, yes. an Innocent Man. What's your take on that, Dino? Well, As a Billy Joel guy, yeah. Um, there's a there's talk about movie songs. There's another one on here called Easy Money that was in a Rodney Dangerfield movie of with Joe Pesci. Was. Of course, right? It was. Yeah, right. It was on. A, um, you know, he was a fa- I, I It was produced by Phil Ramone. So right off, talk about how bad could it be? How right? We talk about <laughs> right, and, right, right. And, and, and I know what he was going for with that type of music. And there are there are a couple kitschy moments in here that uh, uh, that I enjoy. Um, uh, the actually, uh, an innocent man, not probably one of my favorites. The actual title song off of here, but uh, Easy Money 
I'm a gambler, so fair enough. That 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 spoke to me, and I love that movie with Rodney Dangerfield. But um, uh, keeping the faith. So and, you rode this. You and, hopped on this wave. You were fine with it. I, I think so because I'm a little older than you. I got you. So you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, I was born in 1959. So I was exposed to a lot of that, a lot of that uh, late 50s doo-wop, and some even into the 60s, there was still some of that going on. Um, and and uh, I didn't like tell her about it. No, uh, right. Uptown Girl. No, but uh, but this night, uh, it's yeah. I if I'm in the shower, if I'm in the car, and I I hear that one on the radio, I'm cranking it up and I'm and I'm singing along with it as much as I can. Let's uh, let's jump over to the nylon curtain. Now now this was before. Let's I should I should say let's jump back. Back. Okay. Because you're looking at a record, 1982. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks will remember Pressure, but let's but let's talk about the storytelling. You know where I learned about farmers' problems from John Cougar or right. John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp Griffey Jr., whatever he was going by at the time. Also, Allentown, uh-huh. the opening track on this piece of vinyl. Because we're living here in Allentown. What an amazing story. Also about a town that's dealing with problems in the 80s. Things are shutting down. It means a lot to me because um, I lived in Steubenville, Ohio. Oh, my God, that's right. Which was a steel town. Absolutely. So what was happening in Allentown was happening in towns like Allentown, Steubenville, Youngstown. Uh, and they're closing all the factories down. The steel mills were yeah. closing. Well, you're talking to a river rat. Yeah. I'm a Marietta kid. Okay. And so none you of those know. plants are around. Yeah. You, you know, know that. My you dad know. was at BF Goodrich for 40 years. They were, that, that building's gone. Our families made their lives and, and, yeah. and raised their families the and, 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 and made their, their small mm-hmm. fortunes working in the steel mills and in the factories. And when those sons of bitches shut down, I mean, life shut down yeah. as well. So that song, yeah, Allentown is... Yeah. Also, on that first side, now there's there's a track called Laura, which is probably my favorite one because it has elements of McCartney. It has elements of that Beatle vibe. It does. Uh, Pressure was a big hit, but I'm going to go to the last song on the first side, Dean. I know. I, Good I Night you, Saigon. Oh, man. That was one that really, and it's, it's amazing that I learned about Nam. I got my biggest, you know, like what I would take in more so than I would at school. From from that song and and hearing the pain on that, and then also Platoon later on down the right. road when I watched Platoon uh, with some some older gentlemen who actually were in Nam and that was that was overwhelming for me with some of my uh, buddies' dads. I remember watching that with them. But I go back to Goodnight Saigon back in 1982. That was like my first foray into that whole scene there's times where i listen to that it's tough to listen to and man. and uh, and and it would am i too much uh, am i admitting that i'm a wuss if i say from time to time depending mm. on when I'll you cry. catch me I'll or cry. when that song catches me it's all good, Dino. Uh, I, I will i will cry yeah uh, you know because uh, that's that is a that tears me up uh, too, man. Uh, uh, that was a war that i watched as a child right and and didn't quite understand and learned to understand more about it as i got right. older and and how in, insane of an effort it was and then when I hear that song and and I start to piece everything together, I, I do. I, I, I cry for those that – I know that sounds lofty to say and, and like, oh, no, he doesn't. But I cry for those who, who, who were lost. That's right. And, and, and the video – let me just bring – let me bring some uh, Generation X MTV generation to you because those are my peeps. MTV. I remember MTV. Do you know – the video for that was yeah. when he had the Vietnam veterans and they came out and they said, we will all go down oh, together. together. Oh, dude. I mean, I just, I cry, I cry, I cry. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Can I have another cigarette? Yeah, man, that? you can have as many as you want. Some, really? I just want to tell my there's, wife and kids that there's two Dino things. has got me back on cigarettes. No, yeah, I don't want, I'm not taking no, the rap no, no, for no, that I'm one. Kidding, I'm kidding. There's no. things here uh, that you'll never run out of in my house. Can I go off on a tangent with MTV? This yeah, is man. Kind of what we do. Do you do these every once in a while? Oh, you know what? Business? It always goes down other paths, which is what I love about doing these podcasts. Go, my friend. Riff away. So, throughout the late 70s uh-huh. and the early 80s, and when I say early 80s, I'm talking 80, 81, we would be outside during the summertime, Dino. The outside. I mean, we played wiffle ball. Right. We would do all these things. When MTV landed, and thank God, Marietta, Ohio, from what I understand, and you always hear, like, I don't know if that's an urban legend or not, I think it was true where we were from. We were, we were kind of a test market. I got MTV pretty early. 
when when Pete Townsend and the folks were on those commercials and they were telling you to call your cable provider right. and say, I want my MTV, well, guess what? We had it. We were very lucky. We quit going outside, outside Dino. We quit going outside. I don't want to compare. I know it's sacrilegious with older siblings. It's sacrilegious to call things, say things affected you like a Beatlemania or whatever. I'll, no. take, I'll take a hit on the 10. Oh, don't tip. worry, man. I'm coming your way. So I, I, I that year when that came out when mtv hit us it totally changed everything totally changed it, it was everything a, for me it, it i don't want to say it made music an obsession music became an obsession for me in 1986 but before that mtv was so huge dino and I, the way that billy joel presented his product i don't think you're alone i think it was a i think it was a generational changer i mean i i also, obviously i remember now, and when MTV came out, when in 1980, like 81, 82. Okay. I, and, at that point, yes. I'm a married guy. I'm a young married talking. guy, and, and it comes on. But um, I remember waiting for those debut videos. You know, those premieres. Yeah. yeah. You know, from from it whatever, was huge, man. They whatever already you know, like a new Michael Jackson video was coming out, and and you you planned your whole day around it. Yeah. To see what you know what it was going to be, and then that was. That was the talk. That was the buzz. Wasn't that something? God, I remember when th when Thriller came out. Right. Um, and, and it was such a good end for me because Eddie Van Halen played the lead guitar on Beat It. And that was, you know, David Lee Roth was very pissed off about that because Eddie Why? did that for free. Eddie did that for free. Anyway, just throwing that out well, there. A little nonsense. That's what he was pissed off about because he did well, it for just, free or that like, he just did it? it. He, I don't know. I don't know. But but uh, the solo to Beat It is... Uh, it's. My God, I hate to use the word iconic all the time, but you got to. I'm a QFM kid. It's all right. So I throw it around a lot. It's all right. But it's a good but word. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, the the that's when I got into the whole Michael Jackson thing, just because everybody was onto it, and MTV took that to a whole other level with just and the way he approached videos with Landis and and everything mm -hmm. that they were doing. I mean, it was just such a great time. It was such a creative time. I will take an artist like Billy Joel. All right. My favorite stuff from Billy Joel will be his 80s, his early the, 80s. Nylon curtain. You will take, I mean, uh, you know what pisses Jackson Brown fans off? Is if you tell them you love Lawyers in Love. I love Lawyers in Love because of the video. Right. You know, I get it. It ain't running on empty. No. Back off me. But I take, <laughs> I'll take every artist and I will take their video and that's usually my favorite part. I wanted to have a guy, and I'll say a name, Dan Trapp. Okay. Dan Trapp, huge Bowie fan. He wants to come on Vinyl Analysis and do a David Bowie. Okay. I said to him, let's do Let's Dance, 1983. Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar. He's like, are you flipping kidding me with all the good David Bowie and you want to do the disco bullshit? You know what I mean? Okay. It's just, it's weird how even just 10 years would separate a couple guys or right. 10 or 15 years, how that would separate us, but it does. And it's kind of cool. That's what MTV did. It reintroduced all the guys that you were grooving on mm -hmm. in the 70s to me in the 80s. Right. And then Billy Joel got into the whole MTV oh. thing. He started doing, the, like you yeah. said, all the videos. Pressure. And what, stuff. A Pressure. what a great and video, Great man. videos. And, 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 but what's interesting is, you know, he's, he, he's still uh, significant today, but the fact that he's not put out any, anything really new with, with music and lyrics since, like, I think, I want to say, like, since 19... 90 does he have to eight no does he, he doesn't have to but he's thinking about it he I, I read somewhere the other day where he was kicking around because he, he said he, he said he actually would get frustrated it would like he'd be like a neander like a caveman he'd just be kicking around stuff because he'd be so frustrated that he that he didn't like what he was coming up with right. and then i actually heard you know talking about artists today that he was messing around musically with uh with and might do something with pink there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing There's wrong with that There's nothing wrong with that, Dino. Uh, Alice Cooper had a great quote. He was talking about a new record that he is going to release in 2017. He said, look, I've got my audience. Okay, I don't need, I don't need any millennials. I don't need the new folks. He didn't right. call out the millennials. I almost did that. But he said, what I want to do, sorry, I have Hansberry. this. Sorry, Hansberry. Sorry, Hansberry. You're a millennial. Producer Greg. I, I, I have this audience, and I'm speaking from what Alice Cooper said. I'm going to write songs for them now you know i'm not trying to hop on like some sort of grunge wave in the 90s i'm gonna write songs for who for the people that have been with him with, since uh, alice okay, cooper started. here you go you this, know what? this is what i'm thanks writing for music for thanks now. for sticking with me yes here you go if some artists can do that 
Some artists can't. They've got this creative bug where they have to write new stuff right. and stay on. You know, I, Billy Joel. Here's the deal: Billy Joel doesn't have to hook up with Pink. No, he doesn't. But he but he thought it was kind of cool when you know. You know, well, Paul McCartney hopped in with Beyonce and some right. other people. You don't have to do that, Paul. Why don't you just call Jeff Lynn up and write another great record? Well, credit to Billy Joel. I mean, he he did put out some new music, but it was symphonic. You know, he he started writing symphonies. A lot of cats do that. That's you know, cool. And that's cool, too. And, and I'm not surprised because when you listen to some older Billy Joel, you hear it. You hear it like in uh, uh, The Ballad of Billy the Kid. Right. You, you hear that orchestral uh, right. feel of, of what he's capable of doing in, in, in the arrangements and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, this is a horrible thing to say. Uh, it's okay. a horrible thing to say. Why? Do you ever wish he kind of would... I know he's had some accidents. Yeah. Do you ever just wish he'd kind of crawl behind a bottle and write a record again? Isn't that a dark thought? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you thinking that's what it's going to take? I, no, no, you I think don't that's want the, that. You no, think no, it, no, no, no. It's a crutch, and he is, he is, no. He is, he can do it without it. I'm just saying, a lot of times these guys, we love these records because there's, there's a... Artists, there's a lot of dark shit going on in their right. life. And the stuff that we love, it's like, look, do I want Aerosmith to get on drugs again? No. But damn. Yeah. Maybe for a week and write another Toys in the Attic. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to week. be that guy. I'm not condoning that. No, but it's I like, understand what you're saying. None of these bands, you know, from my perspective, you know, we saw however many people uh, hanging out at Moffrey Stadium watching Metallica. You, I would follow from 1986 to about 1991. I followed that band Everywhere they went. Yeah. In the tri-state area. And I don't make me explain what the tri-state is here in Ohio, no. but I went all over the place. Can can I... Can they I... can't write again. They can't do it anymore. They can't capture it anymore. It's not the same. Some guys lose it. They're millionaires. It's over. Can I segue into something here? Sure, Since bro. you mentioned uh, uh, Rock on the Range, which was at Montfrey Stadium here this, this past weekend, and uh, Soundgarden was supposed to be there as well. Mm. Uh, being the... the I'm a Gen Xer, man. Yeah. Chris Cornell. Yeah, he's one of the greatest. Yeah, he's one of the greatest. Um, I was a I was a thrash metal guy, and I would say 1986, Metallica's Master of Puppets and Megadeth's Peace Cells were what made music an obsession for me. But I moved up to Columbus in 1990. I got out of high school in 1989. I was Man, in I'm Columbus. So much older than you. I was in Columbus. <laughs> I was in Columbus when grunge hit. Right. I remember. Mean Mr. Mustards when they weren't allowed to play Smells Like Teen Spirit because we got too crazy. That was my generation created that. There's there's so many of those guys that are, they're they're gone, man. It was such a weird and dark time. And and Chris Cornell to be 52. Right. And it's just such a bummer. It's such a bummer at this point. It almost felt like we'd all had kind of got up the hill. And it's like now let's enjoy it. Right you, now let's enjoy it. If, and it's and it just sucks. If, man. if that He's, was gonna happen, you thought it would have yeah, happened but, like but, a, a decade know, or so a, ago. Exactly. It just bums me out that that uh, that nobody could have could have helped him. And and he's just he was such a uh, that was such a beautiful beautiful thing, man. That whole movement, it really was. There was a you know in Pearl Jam. I got to see them here uh, a year ago. Uh, down in Kentucky, and you talk about a band that still writes great music and still, that still performs so good, and they're yeah. all alive, Dino. They were able to get through it. Who knows what's going to happen over the next few years? But this whole Chris Cornell thing has like sh shook Gen X again. It's like there we go again. I remember being in college and having my buddy Charlie come up to me. You know, we're all working at the radio station, and he said, "Dude, Kurt's gone. Kurt died. Kurt Cobain killed himself." I never will forget that moment. I never will forget that moment. Were you disappointed, not in the fact that he was dead, but in the fact, are, are you disappointed when you when you see these, and I'll use your word, these iconic artists, are you disappointed when you find out that they, that they checked out themselves in cases of suicide? Look, man, my, you know, and I, I had a very, very close friend who uh, took his own life, a guy I ran around with, a guy who wrote me a letter, Dino. Mm-hmm. This would have been around 1995, 96. And um, it, it's one of those things. My old man said something to me. And, I, and I, I do take a lot of things that my dad told me. Greatest generation ever. You've never walked in that dude's shoes. Right. And, and so that's something. Honestly, that's, I wish I would have learned that before Kurt passed. You know, as a, as a youngster in my early 20s when, when Kurt died, I, I didn't know what to think. I just knew in a selfish way 
that the music was over from him. Right. That bummed me out. So you were angry that I was, the music I was, was, I was over? I was bummed in a way that the music was over. It and was not a selfish mad at, thing. not mad at him for killing himself? Like, not at what? the time. I was younger. I was younger, man. As you get older, now I, I you know, I, now, now, I wasn't thinking about Francis Bean and Courtney Love mm-hmm. back when that went down, but I sure as hell am thinking about Cornell's three kids and his wife right, right. now. Shit changes you, man. And, I, you know, when I was a youngster, I, I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking strictly music and why would you do it? And it almost had like an artistic vibe to it. I, I, not to sound as weird, but you grow up. You, right. you think about sure. that stuff and, and, and it puts things in different perspective. Hey, you know, Chris Cornell, and I think about that. I compared both of them. And I know a lot of guys my age and gals my age did the same thing. Right. You, what, where were we? Charlie. Charlie Note, a, a kid that worked at the at the uh, radio station with me, he's the one that came and told me. Last time, last week, or I don't want to date our program whenever it airs, but the Chris Cornell thing, I get up and I always, I, I lean over before the wife wakes me up and I check Twitter. And I see a picture of Chris Cornell. And I'm like, you have got no, to like, be no. kidding me. Isn't that weird how how you get the message? Right, now And now it totally changes it, Dino. It yeah, totally it changes does. it. You know, I had a buddy run from the radio station. Oh, he would have called me on a cell phone, but they weren't in vintage yet. He runs from the radio station to tell me outside of my dorm room that Kurt's dead. I get up, I flip on my phone, and I see Chris Cornell's picture. It, it's just, it, it's weird, man. It's weird to think of how we age and, you see, know. And, see, some of the people that uh, that I've loved through the years, you know, I, I and, and this is going to go I like I like the crooners. Nothing have. wrong with that, man. You know Sinatra, near and dear to me. Uh, Tony Bennett, near and dear to me. I hear that Tony Bennett's got the flu and had to cancel some shows, and I'm like, uh oh. It but, makes you think. But Tony's ninety, so when he goes, right. it was a good run, right? And and Sinatra, same thing in his eighties. But given what you said about you know cell phones and whatnot, when Sinatra died. I didn't know. I didn't know. We were watching the season finale of uh, of uh, that, the, oh, the series wow. finale of Seinfeld, and it was all about that. And we had a party afterwards. And I didn't know Sinatra had died until I walked in the studio, and our news director Clark Donnelly said, "Dean, I'm sorry." And I'm going, "About what?" And like Frank Sinatra died. I'm like, "What?" Which one hit you the hardest, Dino? Out of, out of from from growing up to to where you are now. I mean, which one? Which news? Which artist was was it? Frank? It was Frank. It was okay. Frank. Because I, I was I was a I was a geeky high school kid that listened to Frank Sinatra. Right. I mean, I listened to I, right. you know I listened to all the other great stuff from the seventies too. Right. You know, I was a big Doobie Brothers fan and, and Eagles and and my my that's that's my next question for you. My first concert was actually uh, Eagles, Doobie Brothers, Average White Band. Oh, right. That's o- open, a good show, man. Up. That's cool. And in Pittsburgh. Was there any pot in the crowd? Um, yeah. I, I believe there was, but maybe? I don't believe if I was partaking oh, in no, it no, at no, that no, particular no. point in my life because um, we lived in, in Steubenville, Ohio, and you could cross the river, go to West Virginia, and, and, and drink at you know at 18 years of age. So... Um, but that was so I, I loved all those guys. But I got I got tuned into Sinatra at an early and, and and the crooners. I don't know if it's because those are the albums that my parents had or whatever. But there was something about the the way Frank was and how he sang and what he sang and that that kind of music was just in me. So when he died, yeah, that's the one that hit me. That's the one that put me on a. That's the one that put me and my friends because I introduced my friends. Right. You're on, you know, you're right. in, you're in my poker room right now. Yeah. On, on poker night, you know, we got that old Fisher stereo that's sitting right behind you. You know, I, I, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to look at the walls and 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 everything in your house yeah. and understand what those cats meant. To right. You. And for some, I always say I was I was born <laughs> right. at the wrong time. Right. right. I I should have been hanging with those guys. I should have been going to Vegas. In the '60s, no, I'm and, with you, and, man. And, and been I at the Sands, I, that's and, so cool, and dressing up in a suit, and 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 tipping the maitre d' so I could get a good table up front, so I could see Frank and Dean do their thing. Those guys, to me, were like true entertainers because they 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 sang, they they acted, they did comedy. I mean, oh, they, I know. I they know. were the whole package. Uh, and uh, Dino, not to interrupt, but my father, my 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 dad, you know, born in 1925, my dad, not a Frank Sinatra singer or artist fan i shouldn't say artist but a singer fan my dad's like telling you what from here to eternity that was what or was that the movie he was yeah, in my dad yeah, swore yeah, that yeah. frank sinatra his acting in that 
particular movie, my dad became, that's what my dad said. He's like, I wasn't really into the music, but when I saw that, that was it. I mean, playing it's amazing. Joe yeah, playing Joe. Yeah. That, I mean, what an amazing group that was, Dino. And, and maybe you are meant to keep it going. You didn't have to live in that era, but it's so cool that guys your age, the ones who like it, yeah, keep it going. And I think, that, I think, I think, I think that happens though, man. That you, you pass the torch. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah, stuff yeah. that you love, uh, right on, you know, right with 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 uh, the heavy metal and the thrash that that you pass on to others and, and turn other people on to. And I think, I think that's, I think there's always people like that 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 pass it on. Yeah, and and. Uh, don't you get a kick out of this? Don't you get a kick out of something when you, you introduce somebody to a piece of music that they've never heard before? Oh yeah. And then they and 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 they light up, and they're like, "Wow, I I really I really dig this." It's 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 called uh, Tuesday nights when I when I record right? vinyl analysis with Greg. Mm -hmm. You know, Hansberry, I love I love giving him little little bits. You know what I mean? You, you, just you to pass it along, yeah, yeah. just to pass it along, and let him know because I can tell just like when you're emoting. Talking about the Rat Pack, and that I dig that. I dig that, man. And I know nothing that. about Ace. I know nothing about Ace. He, I, he put I his eye makeup on my podcast. arm, Dino. He put his eye makeup on my arm. Oh man, okay. I know, right? Well, yeah, you can. You get the boy out of Marietta. <laughs> so let me ask you know, since you're so, uh, since you love music as much as you do, do you play anything? Isn't that crazy? Do you play? Any I have. Music? I have. I have some guitars. I have some amps. I have a drum kit that's uh, not even assembled in the basement. Um, there came a time in the late 80s when I realized that I can't play the instrument the way I want to, uh -huh. but I can talk about it. Right. And I can learn about it and I can read about it and I can talk about these guys. That's another thing with the MTV VJs, Alan Hunter, not only did he know the music, he was funny, Right. you know, he was funny and that's what I wanted. I did the sports thing for a gig, Dino. I did the sports thing so for a gig. you're so good at sports. Because I love sports. It's it's something else I love. But music, music is what I really love. And think about it, man. Comedy. Yeah. I, I mean, I comedy. That's I what you do. It's what you do. And you and you do it so well. Yeah, I but love stand man, and would you love to kick everybody out and put on some Sinatra and just chill out? And oh, listen? I, I mean, that's all, it. I do it all the time. It's music, man. Music is music is everything. Dude. But I also, in all that vinyl you see behind you, there's also uh, uh, comedy albums. And there's from time to time, I will sit down and I'll put on some, some George Carlin. I'll put on uh, some Richard Pryor. I'll put on some Lenny Bruce. I was a huge, and still am a huge, Lenny Bruce fan from stand-up. And I have a, a double a double album of Woody Allen. If you ever get a chance to hear Woody Allen on an album right. when he was doing stand-up, absolutely. Fair enough, man. Hysterical. Late 70s. Now, my sisters, uh, my uh, Comedy Isn't Pretty, Wild and Crazy Guy. Steve Martin. Those were records... And, and and if you if you start at the beginning of the jerk, I can go through the whole movie, Dino. <laughs> I can go through the whole movie. Those records in and of itself, and that's something I haven't even tackled yet. Somebody's brought it up. It's like, what about comedy albums? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, those were huge. And those Steve Martin records, absolutely. I I took those jokes and ran with them because I knew none of the other kids were listening to Steve right. Martin. But I I love that stuff, man. I can remember Dino. My my dad, and he would have his buddies over, and they would listen to to, to Richard Pryor was huge in my house. Right, Richard Pryor. This is the cat. My dad would explain every time we watched Blazing Saddles, Richard Pryor's influence and his writing and his this the the, the comedians on vinyl and 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 the whole Sunset Strip stuff and and. It, I mean, I, I know I'm I'm kind of dating myself. I know there was there was great stuff before that. Sure, there's I, one right behind you. Take a turn around behind you. See up on the wall there. Oh, read the title. Red, read the, oh, dude, it's Red, Red Fox. Fox. Red, what's it say? You gotta wash your ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's you Red gotta Fox. Gotta wash your ass. Red Foxes. You gotta wash your ass. Sanford and Son was a favorite in our house. Yeah, and and and, and it's funny how a lot of people. Uh, fell in love with Red Fox on Sanford and Son, but had no idea right. that he was this absolutely hysterically filthy comedian mm -hmm. uh, on the circuit. And those would be like once the kids, once the kids go to bed, 
uh, those would be party albums that would be played. You oh, know? oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. But I can remember walking down the steps, and there was a part where I could hide, and you could see the TV uh -huh. room, and Dad and his buddies were watching Richard Pryor. Right. And I and I was and I, they were just howling and howling, and I know my dad saw me. I know he saw me. And I know that that's not what he wanted a nine or eight or nine year old kid to watch, but he he got it. It was a moment. He let it. He let me hang. He let you that have was me it. hanging with the boys. Hey Dino, you're talking about what hit you the hardest? The hardest celebrity death for me ever. Not even a close second. Has nothing to do with music. Okay. It will never have anything to do with music. It's Phil Hartman, man. Phil Hartman. That one. I, I st I'm still not over Phil Why? Hartman. I'm still not over Phil Hartman. Why? Because that was that was the '80s, and I know he had some success in the '90s there and everything. But I think about Pee Wee and, and what and, and what Paul was doing and the way he had. I mean, that was the first time I ever saw. Remember Carl? Right. It's the first time right. I ever saw Phil. The stuff he was doing on Saturday Night Live in the '80s and into the into the '90s. I, I, I was. Uh, Phil Hartman was that was huge for me. That was one of the first comedians that I, and I say comedian, but it's like Phil was, uh, you know, that early '90s and late '80s stuff that he was doing on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, some of that sketch that stuff was, was just that, brilliant. The sketch stuff yeah. was brilliant, man, and he was my favorite. I remember watching, and this was a couple years before he passed. I remember watching the Dennis Miller show on HBO, and he had Phil on. And it is still, and I've looked it up and I've tried to find it, Dino. I've tried to find it. It was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen where these two were talking and it was like there was nobody else watching. Yeah. And they were talking. And I got to see Phil for the first time the way I wanted to see Phil. He, was, he wasn't. Stripped down. He wasn't acting. Yeah. He, they were just telling stories, man. And, and, and that one hits me the hardest. I just, I loved everything about Phil Hartman. That's right. I, yeah, man, you think about the voices on on The Simpsons. Sure, I, I just he was news radio. Yeah, oh, I was like, that's. Yeah. I mean, come that on, one, that one, that one's still out of all of them. Out of all of them, that's the one that hurts the most. Really, yeah, it hurts that's the a, most. That's an I miss choice. him. I know it is. I know it is, and I tell people that. Don't all get the time. me wrong. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but I'm saying that's an interesting. I mean, I that was a sad. It, there's a lot of people like that that just you know. There was there was so much more that that guy was so much do. more. I think that's it. So I think much that's more it. That's that what pissed me do. off about Kurt and everything, and and obviously two two different situations, right? Uh, with the way they went down, yeah, at way, the end. But it's different. just Phil Hartman's one of those ones, do you know that? And there you go. I mean, that goes back to the whole comedy thing and, and what those guys meant to us as well. I mean, this there's such an the the arts are are everything, man. They're everything. They're everything for us. Are you a reader? I love. I'm reading right now. I'm reading David Ellison's book, and you're like, "Who the is yeah. David Ellison?" He's a bass player. He was a bass player for Megadeth, and I'm going to see them this summer. And a lot of times, they make me feel when I listen to Megadeth now, I feel like 16 or 17 year old Archie. They're writing great music, and you know why, Dino? They're writing music for guys like me. <laughs> they gave up. They right. gave up trying to sound like Alice in Chains right, and all the right. other shit. They, they're, they're just going back to they're what writing. They know. They're writing music. Like they know how what's to, wrong with what's wrong with doing what you know, you know, mm -hmm. everybody says, you know, I still I, I don't do stand up as much as I used to do stand up. All right. I, I, but at, at at my peak moments of stand up, you know, I was crushing it. But now, you know, I watch the the stand up comedians of today and everybody's got that edge and so forth and so on. But but funny is funny. And, you right. know, I don't. I don't change the way I do stand up per se. I, I don't. I, I've always talked about my life and my interpretation of my life and tried to make that funny. That's what I do. Right. And if it works, it works. And if it if it doesn't, then then maybe I maybe I shouldn't be on that stage anymore. But th so far, knock wood, it still works. People still find the humor. And, and, and what I have to say. Do you know, I tell people this all the time, and I've said this all the time. This is before our our companies I merged. It, I miss This it is before too. our companies merged. There's, um, you're so good at what you do, man. Oh, you're thanks, so brother. good at what you do. And, and, and I knew the Dino from Dino and Stacy, but when I would in the, in the 90s and I'd go to the Funny Bone right. and you would, you'd be the, uh, the host, the host, the MC, whatever that is, that title is. And thank you once I was again. Just, that was, that was, 
I I liked you in that. I tell you what, man, if you could just keep doing that, I mean, don't even worry about writing two or three hours worth of shit. Man, you were so good at that. It was so natural in the way that you you poked fun at yourself. Oh, I, I love that. And I so I got the jokes, I got the radio jokes, but I also got the comedian jokes, man. And yeah. there's a beauty to what you did, Dean. That's why this is an honor. Uh, for self-deprecation me. is a is a wonderful form of of, of comedy, and, mm-hmm. and I do it a lot. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. That's yeah. how I do it. Yes, uh, self-deprecating comedy it, it 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 makes you vulnerable and it, and it and it and it breaks that wall I think for the audience like he's like us right he's not better than us because he's up on stage and, and Dino you you asked me earlier about what I about playing an instrument or uh-huh. something like that what I've always loved to do I was a D student I was a D student probably would have been an F student if it wasn't for creative writing. <laughs> All right. Probably if it wasn't for, and I still to this day, I'm talking and I would say, and I'm not bullshitting you, Dino. I would say five days out of the week, I'm writing something. It goes away. I don't use it. I have ideas, but I write something. I always, my mom taught me that. I talked about my old man. My mom taught me, you, you know, creative writing and, and expressing yourself, Arch. That's, 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 that's beauty. And no one can. Take that away from you. It's your own thing. Until this podcast tonight, I did not know that we had that in common. Because my sophomore year in high school, you know, I, I write like you. I write all the time. All the time. And my sophomore year in high school, Mr. Haskins uh, said that I'm going to read something today. Now, the mechanics need a little bit of work, but from the sheer blah, 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 whatever. Right. And, he goes, and I'm not paying attention. And he goes, I'm going to read something from from uh, Dino Tripodis that wrote. And I'm, I stood up and I said, "What?" And he told me, he goes, "You got you." He goes, "You you know you can write. You should continue to write." And isn't that funny? It's like you yeah. mentioned you you have you have amps and you have guitars and you have a drum I have it kit. All. I love the dude, right? And 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 I uh, my friend uh, Jamie Sanfilippo says, "When you die, he goes, you have to put something in your will that says that I get." All of those manuscripts upstairs that you don't think are good enough to be published right. because that's my biggest problem. I've got a stack of shit upstairs that I right. look at and I, and I go, eh, nah, I'm not sending that out. That, eh, that needs work. Yeah. And, and over the years, it's it's stacked up. It stacks up, up man. Yeah, it so stacks he up. Goes, he goes, I want it, I want I want all your manuscripts so that I can publish all your shit and 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 you'll be the new girl with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Guy>. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, what was that teacher's name again? Haskins. Robert Haskins. And, and I've never had a chance to say this, producer Greg. Uh Pat Smith, I I love you, Mrs. Smith. Thank you so much. She is creeping into her nineties. I found out from my sister that she's still alive. I have I haven't had a chance to to reach out or anything. She was one of those ones that that got it. Yep. That appreciated me. Yep. And 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 I love her for that. And I will never. I had her for third and fourth grade, and it's not because I failed, producer Greg. <laughs> she she taught a. I'm just gonna throw this out there. I was in the talented and gifted. I was in the tag class. Not because that's the only thing that saved me was my ability to write. All these other kids were good at math. Uh, they were good at science. Suck at math. Suck at science. But I, I I'm horrible at that shit, and I just. All I could do was write right. and be creative and make people laugh and, and, and just talk about the stuff that I love to talk about. Right. Hey, guess what business we're in, Dino? Yeah. Right? Right. Right, man? And it just seemed like a, like a natural fit to do. A, I, with the, I did the morning announcements in, in high school. Wow. Uh, yeah. They, they would never have given the microphone. They gave me. And, and the reason I got to do the morning announcements was I would also do the morning announcements. And I saw I would also do fake morning announcements. I was doing oh, I was doing I was, I was doing wow, shtick. Man. I was doing shtick. Wow. Yeah. And and the principal loved it. I mean, it wasn't dirty. Right. It was just like, you know, yeah. I would do like I would do like uh talk, you know, comedy goes in threes, right? right. So I do announcement, regular announcement, regular announcement, third one would be you know, oh, that's awesome, uh, a, a joke. I didn't even know it then, right, the, the, what right. I was doing. You know, right. You know, just, you know, serious, serious, funny. And then serious, serious, funny. Who then, didn't like it? Who didn't like it, Dino? Because there's somebody that didn't like it. Was there anybody that gave you crap? Was there anybody that didn't like it? Um, gosh. There had to be somebody. Uh, uh, I'm sure. There's always, there's uh, always somebody that, that's a rub. Um, it wasn't any of the staff. It wasn't any of the teachers. If anything, it might have been a jealous student. But but you know, my uh, my senior year, a cat 
by the name of Pat Clark, who who got class clown. I got second. Uh, I, got I was second. I was voted most humorous. Okay, I got second. Dino. I wasn't. Well, they didn't have class out. clown. Bumps we me out. Voted most humorous, not class clown. Class clown yeah. is yeah, is we, derogatory. It is. Yes. <laughs> so so Pat Clark and I. Had and I love Pat. He and he is funny, and I'll give him the title. I didn't really blossom until later on. Pat and I had this thing. We had art class together. This is going to be a two parter, isn't it, Dean? That's fine. That's fine. We'll make this a couple parts because I think it's worth it. Are you digging this, Dean? Because I'm, I'm I, this. Dude, I know my peeps are digging it. I know I'm, the final I, analysis I, folks are hey, digging it. The whiskey business people love the stories. So talk away. You know what, Dino? I'm going to save that high school story for the next crossover podcast how does that we'll make a part two well you know what i think we're in the part two territory so we're gonna take a well we can't take a smoke break we've been smoking you know what i'm gonna do we'll take a break and i'll get some what why don't you just sit back and relax there archie while i get us some more (laughs) ice cubes that's right and we'll be back with part two of the whiskey business vinyl analysis crossover podcast Let me say this as I conclude my thanks to producer Greg Hansberry, as always, and tell you that Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production recorded with the cooperation of the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions uh, stated here this evening are mine and my reluctant guests and are not meant to be taken too seriously are only here for your amusement and enjoyment and if you do take them too seriously well you need to relax a little bit so my friends until the next bottle see ya this is the most fun i've had doing a podcast <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.